It was okay for a while, but now our new normal inside our quarantine bubbles is starting to wear a little thin, and many of us are feeling isolated. On this Jules show, Jules talks with her friend Taylor Mason, clinical director and staff therapist at Bethelhaven, a nonprofit Christian counseling service. She has some great tips for us on how to be positive and stay connected. Okay, so I are we in week three of isolation? I mean, what day is it? I don't even know. Have you changed out of your pajamas? I know I'm right there with you. How are you doing with it? I'm not doing that great. Quarantining, I'm finding out, is not, I'm not made for it. That's why I brought my friend Taylor Mason in. Taylor, you're a clinical director and staff therapist at Bethel Haven. And I feel like you could probably help a lot of us right now who are really struggling feeling alone. Yeah, I mean, I think that is the biggest, most common feeling that people are having right now because this is new territory and um, it's really different when you're taking a weekend to stay at home and recharge and then being told, hey, stay at home. Yeah, and then we don't know really when is it going to end. Yeah, yeah. I've had that conversation so many times over with clients and with family members of, you know, we can do anything that we set our mind to for a while. You know, we can do a workout and kind of suffer through it knowing that we're going to reach our fitness goals. Or we can do a really, really hard project for work or for class and stay up all night because we know that we're going to really nail it. But that suffering comes to an end. But right now, we don't have a definite date. And it seems like every week it gets pushed back. Another week of social distancing. Schools are out for a month. Or, you know, everything just kind of keeps falling. And we, domino effect. And we've never done this before. No. So everyone has these expectations that, oh, I can handle this. I know what to do. And then when it keeps going on, because we've never done it before, um, they're not living up to their expectations. And that can be really hard. Well, I I totally agree with you because I feel like sometimes uh, the wave of grief takes me off guard. I think that we're doing good. We're having fun. We're going on more walks. We're doing bicycle rides as a family. We're doing a massive puzzle in my basement right now. And Taylor, I would tell you to come over and help, but like you can't come over. (laughs) But And so I'm having good family time. And then all of a sudden, this really low hits me and I I didn't expect it. Yeah. And I think that is really how it works with grief. And I think some people are hesitant to call this season grief because it doesn't fit in what we would normally associate with things that you grieve. You know, normally you associate grief with losing a loved one or maybe even losing a job, but you don't necessarily equivalent grief to I'm stuck in my house and there's this kind of abstract and I can't really touch virus going around. So this is grief. This is grief that we're feeling. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. So, so unpack that for me then. What, what is grief? What, I mean, then what can I expect if that's what we're all feeling? Yeah. So there are a lot of different um, ideas about what grief is. So everyone's familiar with the definition. It's like just this deep sorrow um, related to like a death or a loss. But what we don't often associate it with is just um, this troubled or annoyed feeling, this deep bothering in the soul. Mm-hmm. So there's this researcher that um, a lot of people are familiar with. They've heard about like the stages of grief. Um, I don't necessarily like to call it stages. We've oftentimes moved to calling it cycles because 
I think as everyone has noticed, one day you wake up and you're like, no, this is going to be fun. We're going to do all the board games. We're going to go on a walk. This is going to be a great day. And then the next day you wake up and we're like, we're here again. So when we think about grief and the main um, parts of this cycle, you have denial, which looks like avoiding the situation, maybe some shock, confusion about what's going on. You have anger, which we're all pretty familiar with at different times, Um, just frustration, irritation, maybe some anxiety kind of coming in and hyping you up. Mm. Depression. So um, that can be a heavy word, but what it just looks like is this feeling of overwhelmedness and this helpless stuckness. I think you described every single family member just this morning alone. Like, I think (laughs) one of us were experiencing this feeling To me, the one I'm in is overwhelmed. And so if you find yourself, um, like you said, in the cycle of grief, what what do you do? So there are a lot of really simple things that we can do that don't require us to leave our house, which is really great for this season. Um, So some of my favorite things that I tell people to do when you're feeling this big overwhelmedness and this kind of stuckness, um, you can laugh. I know that sounds silly, but... I mean, we know, we read in scriptures that laughter is the best medicine. Mm -hmm. So even um, if you can put in a funny movie with your family and just kind of have a good laugh together, you know, or going and having a dance party or some karaoke, because who doesn't look ridiculous pulling out some of those like old dance moves and trying to just throw them down? Uh Yeah, so... Just anything that kind of gets the body moving and can release some of those positive um, endorphins and different hormones in the body because we can get really stuck Mm -hmm. and just be this cycle and hold that grief and hold that overwhelmedness in our hearts. So so no matter where... Oh, I'm sorry. We're having to do this interview over the phone since we are um, isolating. Uh, Proper social distancing. Proper, and we're super social distancing (laughs) because I I don't know how many miles are between us, but um, I'm sorry I'm stepping on your toes, but um, let me just ask you this. So if we find ourselves at a level of this cycle, don't, the, the key is to be there, but then not to get stuck there. Is that what I understand? Yeah, so there um, is this idea that true emotions can only last around 90 seconds, which sounds really surprising because I think we've all said, well, no, because I have felt terrible or I have felt super excited for way longer than 90 seconds. But what we have found is where what makes that so sticky, what can make emotion sticky is the left side, like the logical side of your brain, likes to make stories up about what's happening. So then it gets stuck. So um, if Mm. we think, you know, like I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now because I can't leave my house and I don't know what to do with my kids and I'm so tired of having to cook dinner every single night. I didn't realize how much I really leaned on having that one meal out a week and this is never going to end and we just kind of keep going and going and going. We're creating this huge story based on that emotion and our assumptions about that emotion. Oh, wow. A lot of that isn't fact. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that's great. And and so, so do something physical, do something that'll make you laugh to break those emotions, that 90 second emotion. Yeah. So kind of, um, to break it up, to give your body something else to focus on, you know, it's, it's, 
it feels too hard to even just stop in that moment and say, like, hey, I'm making up a wild story right now. None of this is really um, true. It's all based on opinions. None of it's based on facts. To just even try to remove yourself from it. Well, and Taylor, I'm realizing um, for myself something that's happening on Sundays, or it's my hard days. Those are the days that I get can, I can get really low about everything. I think maybe because I'm ticking off another week um, and I'm looking at you know, another week of homeschooling the kids and the anxiety that that brings. And so um, I have a small group, uh, Bible study, and they've mm-hmm. set up a Zoom meeting. We all get together. And I realized this past Sunday, I was given all the reasons why I couldn't be a part of that Zoom meeting because, you know, I'm so busy here. <laughs> <laughs> Self-quarantining here. I'm so busy. Um, and, and I think I was trying to avoid them because I didn't feel happy. You know what I mean? And so, and so it's almost like, do I need to just push myself on? Sure. I was going to say, I hope the answer is sure, because that's what I did, and it, and it helped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think that there is some truth to that, um, and that, I mean, we need to honor what we are feeling um, and really do justice by that and give ourselves grace to say, like, hey, I'm allowed to feel pretty crappy right now, and that, you know, I don't, I'm not up to my normal best, and... I know that staying connected in this time of um, great separateness, that that is going to be what is fulfilling for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, are there more, um, are you seeing at Bethel Haven, which is a great ministry that y'all are doing, offering um, support on a sliding scale for people so that cost doesn't get in the way of you getting help? Um, so I do want to add that in there. I love what y'all are doing. Yeah, thank and, you. Um, but are you seeing segments of a population who are especially more vulnerable at this time? Yeah. Um, so I think the two that stand out to me the most are I have some college students that are in this kind of in-between space. Uh, they they live here in Athens and the Watkinsville area and their families are far away and maybe their roommates are gone. So they are literally alone, a hundred percent alone. And I'm the only person that they're seeing in a week's time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about my, my sister's single um, and she works at a pediatrician's office. And so we are being, being very cautious. Mm-hmm. And the well, last time she got a hug from somebody has been weeks. And we're already such a touch-deprived society as it is when we're having to pull back and be in this really socially isolated space. We can really start to crave that. We were made and built for relationships. And right now, um, they feel severed on all levels. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Well, what about maybe if somebody has a history of substance abuse and community is so critical um, to staying sober? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is really tricky because a lot of people will go to meetings weekly or meet with their sponsor or just have those social outlets to kind of help them um, fill that space as they are still leaning into and working with recovery. We know that a lot of times people with addictions do have this intense loneliness that can bring them to begin using substances of different kinds. So something that is really cool that I've seen um, in different areas is there are online support groups where people people can plug in. Starting to hold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What what are some, maybe, are there some um, 
maybe some triggers or maybe some warning signs that if that's something that you have dealt with with substance abuse, that if you're starting to see this thought process again, um, you know, that's when you need to, you know, realize that there's a highlighter going on and God's highlighting some um, unhelpful thoughts. Sure. So I think because it can be so individual to each person's story and their experiences as um, they are doing their own work and kind of sitting in this new space of like, okay, well, what does life look like now? Um, Am I someone that is still working outside of the home or am I working at home now? Or maybe I've lost my job and maybe that is a big trigger for me to have stress related to work Mm. um, or to not have a routine or a sense of normalcy or just kind of being aware of things in the past that were paired for you to begin using the substance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just be aware of what's going on inside and what your thoughts are. Yes, that, that awareness is definitely the first step. Um, If we aren't aware that we are approaching that slippery slope, then we can't do anything about it. We'll be back with more of Jules' interview with therapist Taylor Mason in 30 seconds. For the latest episode of the Finding Joy podcast, we decided to practice safe social distancing and keep our subject in-house. We invited our general manager, Rick Davison, in for a coffee tasting and some great conversation. It's really easy to let that affect you. You're missing the best part, as Jesus told Martha. Do what Mary did. Sit at Jesus' feet, be in his presence, and listen to him. It's the Finding Joy podcast. Find it under the On Air tab at thejoyfm.com or anywhere you subscribe to find podcasts. What are some of the feedback you're getting um, from your clients um, at Bethel Haven? What what are people saying to you? I think a lot of people are just sitting in this space of fear and grief and trying to figure out what do I do with this? And so I've had to remind a lot of people, kind of we touched on it earlier, is that we've never done this before. No one has lived through a pandemic. No one knows 100% what to expect. We might be able to look at the trends from other countries that are on the other side of their curve, but we're different, and this is a different space and different situation. Everyone's handling it differently. So just being able to give that grace and say, like, you are doing the best that you can with what you have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what scripture are you appointing your clients to? I mean, how are you rooting them in God's truth? There are so many good ones that I could go to, but I think my favorite um, is just reminding us that there are new mercies every morning, um, and that's in Lamentations, um, just that every day is an opportunity for new, and every day the Lord gives us new mercies, and they never come to an end, and if if he can give that to us, then we can certainly learn to lean in and give it to ourselves because this is all new and uncharted. Taylor, I love it because it's almost like if you've blown it already and it's not even noon, then it's okay. There's new mercies even for you. Yeah. Even more so in this time. (laughs) I think there's, there's extra helpings because everyone is learning something different and new and, having to adjust their schedule and put on new hats that they never imagined they would ever wear. Right. Well, and I know a lot of us are dealing with this in our own separate way. 
But if we have somebody in our life who already um, struggles with mental health, what can we be doing right now to help them? I think the biggest thing is to continue to check in and be supportive. And it's really easy in this time to get stuck in our own thoughts and concerns about what's going on and what's happening and forget to reach out to other people because it can feel like a big task and to remind ourselves that, hey, if I am craving this connection, I bet this person that's on my heart or this person that's on my mind is also craving that connection. Because we're all stuck at home, it's a little bit easier to maybe send a text message or um, FaceTime or Google Hangout or all these different we, – we have so much technology that's going to make it easy to reach out right now. Well, it's almost like you're saying that you're seeing a little bit of positivity in isolation and, and seeing Christians reach out to each other in love. I think that there is a great opportunity right now to lean into some new spaces and new ways and that just because we can't see someone face-to-face – that doesn't mean that we can't be impactful as people together. Mm-hmm. And how are you seeing that played out? Are you seeing anything creative where you're, um, where you are? I think something that I have seen is if we think about churches, um, using Facebook lives to share sermons, which is really um, different. I think a lot of places weren't doing that before. Or I've seen counseling offices that are hosting online support groups for different things or moving their regularly scheduled groups to online sessions. Or um, I've seen lots of different vlogs, mm-hmm. you know, like video blogs on YouTube or podcasts like this, just people that are really um, – using media that a lot of times can have unrealistic standards and expectations and have a lot of negative and really using this time to put as much positive out there. Well, and, and to Taylor, like with life slowing down, people might become aware of unhealthy thoughts that, you know, oh, wow, maybe I do need to go talk to somebody, you know, that, that they yes. were so busy and occupying themselves that they were just blowing past things that were going on. Yes, we are really good at staying so busy that our brain does not have time to slow down and really point out, hey, we haven't dealt with that issue, or this is a problem area in our lives that we keep ignoring. And so now that we've had to slow down um, and we're trying to stay away from maybe all of our quarantine snacks that we buy or um, different things, we're like, oh, hey, this is an area that I think needs some work. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's it's a good thing that we're realizing, okay, slow down. Okay, listen to your thoughts. That's not healthy, whatever the thought is, you know, and to really kind of gauge that. We've kind of taken the microwave out of society, and everyone's kind of sitting in a crock pot. Things are going much slower. So you have more time to kind of marinate and sit in it and say, like, oh, this is... This is not what I thought I was doing, yeah. or this is not where I thought this was coming from. Mm-hmm. So if somebody finds themselves with that, what should they do? I think reaching out is huge. I know a lot of different, like here at Bethlehaven, we are still scheduling clients, scheduling new client appointments, current client appointments. Other counseling offices are doing the same. Um, now is a great time to start because scheduling looks different so kind of starting this new routine 
and getting into something. And um, counseling can be hard work. It's not easy all the time, but it's worth it 100% of the time. Mm. So now is a wonderful time to be able to have this more vulnerable space to use. Mm. And use this time wisely to work on yourself. Absolutely. I mean, when are we ever going to get what feels like endless time to really spend with our family and with ourselves? Right, right. Well, and Taylor, before I have you leave, I got a couple of things. One thing is you're a preacher's wife, Mm -hmm. and then you're a clinical director and staff therapist at Bethel Haven. What are some things, you got a lot of hats is what I was trying to first (laughs) lay out there. And so I know that God is probably really teaching you a lot of things in this season. And maybe if you would just share a couple of things with us of what you feel like God is really um, bringing to your mind. I think the need for slow has been something that he has been teaching me specifically. I know we just kind of talked about that, but um, as you pointed out, I do wear a lot of hats and I do a lot of things. And um, I like to kind of keep busy and do lots of different things in a day and a week. And this season has taught me, you know, it is important that I slow down and make sure that I am getting the appropriate rest that I need, whether that is um, physically sleeping or whether that is sitting and meditating on scriptures, thoughts, things like that, that in the still and slowness is when we can really see more clearly Mm. the direction that we're supposed to be moving in. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I I feel the same exact way. You know, that this is, this is slow. And, and then I realize all the layers I've tacked on on top of this. It's like almost this is my baseline. And then I've, I've layered up so much busyness where how in the world could I hear from God because I was so busy. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think about um, the scripture where it talks about, you know, it, it, he wasn't in the giant gush of wind and he wasn't in the earthquake and he wasn't in all these big, big things. He was in the quiet stillness and the breeze. Mm. And God, God is working all of this out. I mean, he, there is a plan and a purpose and, um, and we're just praying that God's will be done. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to take a hard left turn before I, I let you go. Okay because I got to ask you this question out of all the videos and all the memes that are going around right now, because there's a lot, I think that's how a lot of people are handling their feelings is with humor. And I am as well. So Mm -hmm. I need to know what is your favorite thing you have seen so far on social media or maybe in a group text that someone has sent you? Oh man, I, I probably can't remember the exact words on it, but I'm a sucker for any of the baby Yoda. Oh yeah. And I feel like there was one, and I I don't remember who the other person in the meme was that was talking to Baby Yoda, but it was basically like, stay home, wash your hands, like don't go anywhere, socially isolate. And Baby Yoda's response was, get chicky nuggets and more toilet paper. (laughs) I think I saw that one. That is a good one. Yeah. That's how it feels. Like, you tell me to stay home, and all I want to do is just go out and buy chicken nuggets. Like, (laughs) it's so true. So true. Now, like, the food that I can't have is the food that I want, right? Absolutely. Yes. I have never wanted anything outside of my house more than I do now. Uh, that, that is amazing. And I'll share you, since I asked you the question, I'll share you mine. Now, I need you to understand, I didn't really grow past middle school. So anything <laughs> that is like body humor related, it's like 
the, the best thing for me. So, I mean, it's terrible. I know. I'm a mother. I'm 41. Like, I should have grown past it, but I haven't. All right, so full disclosure on that one. I'm telling you the video, if you haven't seen it, of the poor lady that's in a Zoom meeting with all her coworkers, and she thought she silenced the video or, or turned off the video, but she didn't. And she took her laptop, oh, yeah, to the restroom. Oh my gosh, I did see that. And then like her whole co-workers and you can see like her, their faces is like shock and hard. They're realizing that she didn't realize that she did not. And it, it, listen, I'm just saying, oh, yeah. you, but you saw it. Okay. But if I did. And I was shocked. <laughs> I definitely gasped. I was like, <gasps> it's so good. It's so good. It's so bad. It's so good. Um, listen, if you're listening to the podcast right now, finish listening to the podcast, obviously, but then immediately go Google that. It's if you need a laugh and get out of the grief cycle that you might be in, that that's going to help you laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hey, listen, uh, Taylor, if anybody needs help, obviously don't hesitate and get in touch with Bethel Haven. It's a great ministry, like I said um, earlier, that is um, offering help on a sliding scale. So if you're thinking, you know, mental health um, and, and getting some kind of help. I can't do it. I, I, I have all these um, financial obligations. Don't let that stop you. And mm-hmm. uh, you can get their contact information um, in my show notes and you'll be able to contact um, Taylor. And then y'all have a, a good amount of um, staff and therapists willing to help. Yes. Yeah. We have a good selection, a good group. Everyone's bio is on the website, so you can kind of read and see who seems like they would be a great fit for your concerns, your needs, and your personality, and then we can hit the road. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, Christ-centered therapy, I need to Mm -hmm. point out, because how can you get help if you don't go to the one who can help you? Right. Well, hey, listen, Taylor, um, thank you for being on the phone with me. I know it's unusual times having to do an interview. I I would rather see you face-to-face, but, you know, We do what we have to do. That's right. You do what you have to do. Now I got to go find some um, hand soap. Do you know what store I can go to that has hand soap right now? Oh, goodness. I think that you, that will be quite the scavenger hunt. (laughs) Wish me luck, Taylor. (laughs) Yes, all the luck. (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening to this Jewel Show podcast. You can find out more about Bethel Haven and the counseling services they provide by visiting Bethelhaven.net. And don't forget, there are all sorts of resources for dealing with the coronavirus and its effect on our lives at thejoyfm.com.